Well, as I said in my opening remarks, we are all beneficiaries of today's celebration because we are all Gentiles. And today we celebrate Jesus being revealed or manifested to the Gentiles, to those three wise men who came from the East. So that's the epiphany, which means revelation or manifestation. So someone gave me a copy of the Catechism of the Catholic Church for Christmas and my birthday. And it's a new edition published by Ascension Press. Father Mike Schmitz is using it for his uh, Catechism in a Year podcast. Some of you may have listened to his Bible in a Year podcast. So now he's doing the Catechism in a Year And so it's very well organized and uh, arranged in such a way that it's quite easy to follow. And so I thought I would make a resolution to use the catechism in all of my Sunday homilies this year. Perhaps some of you have never read the catechism. Maybe you read and studied the Baltimore catechism when you were kids. This is very different than the Baltimore catechism. Very different. It's a lot longer. Uh, it's over 800 pages if you include all the index. And it's divided into four main categories, so it's easy, in a sense, to, to put things in their place. The first part is what we believe, the profession of faith. Then it's how we worship, which re- refers to the celebration of the Christian mystery and our sacraments. Then how we live refers to our life in Christ and the Ten Commandments in particular. And then finally, the last section is on prayer, how we pray. It's an excellent resource, and whenever you have a question about your faith or to just simply go deeper into your faith, this is a great resource. So today for the Epiphany, I thought I would read number 528 which is under the profession of faith, the creed, and in particular, Jesus, the Son. And this is the mysteries of Jesus' infancy. The epiphany is the manifestation of Jesus as Messiah of Israel, Son of God, and Savior of the world. The great feast of Epiphany celebrates the adoration of Jesus by the wise men, Magi, from the east, together with his baptism in the Jordan and the wedding feast at Cana in Galilee. So we'll come back to that because that's often overlooked. In the Magi, representatives of the neighboring pagan religions, the gospel sees the first fruits of the nations who welcomed the good news of salvation through the Incarnation. The Magi's coming to Jerusalem in order to pay homage to the King of the Jews shows that they seek in Israel in the messianic light of the Star of David, the one who will be King of the nations. Their coming means that pagans can discover Jesus and worship him as Son of God and Savior of the world only by turning toward the Jews and receiving from them the messianic promise as contained in the Old Testament. The epiphany shows that the full number of the nations 
now takes its place in the family of the patriarchs and acquires the dignity of Israel's birthright. So that's a mouthful, but that's all about the epiphany. And then they even have other numbers in the margin that you could reference so as to better understand some of those other terms and ideas that came out in number 528. For example, here you've got one, two plus five. So there's another seven numbers that you could go and cross-reference in order to better appreciate what we're celebrating today. Not to mention all the other footnotes. And as I said, the fact that we also celebrate in a sense Jesus's baptism in the Jordan and the wedding at Cana is often overlooked. In the mass, it really doesn't come out at all. But these are other manifestations, if you think about it. And when you read or, or pray the liturgy of the hours, the divine office, it is highlighted in the antiphons that introduce uh, the gospel canticle in the morning and Ma the, the Marian canticle, the Magnificat, in the afternoon. So this was the morning gospel canticle. Listen to this. So the, the, the antiphon introduces, in this case, uh, the canticle of Zechariah. But here's the antiphon. Today the bridegroom claims his bride. So Jesus, the divine bridegroom, claims his bride, the church. Because Israel, the people of Israel, the chosen people, foreshadowed the church, the entire people of God. Since Christ has washed her sins away in Jordan's waters, his baptism, the Magi hasten with their gifts to the royal wedding, today's epiphany, and the wedding guests rejoice, for Christ has changed water into wine, the wedding at Cana. So these were all manifestations of Jesus as the Christ, the Savior of the world. Most of us have grown up Christians. We were baptized, most of us, as babies, raised in the Catholic Church or in a Christian church. And here we find ourselves today, 2023, celebrating the Epiphany. So... It's easy to become complacent, perhaps. However, the church wants to celebrate every year because she wants to give us the same graces, the same blessings that the wise men themselves received when they first saw the baby Jesus in Bethlehem lying in the manger. The church wants us to receive those same graces, those same blessings. So we can experience for ourselves the newborn king. And you've already heard the word mystery or mysteries. That doesn't mean we can't understand it. But rather it's an invitation to seek understanding in the light of faith. To seek understanding in the light of faith. And that's what the catechism helps with so much. And of course, going into the scriptures helps to know the story. Because you are now 
all a part of his story. In English, it's a nice play on words. History, the history of salvation is his story. Did you ever think of that? History is his story. His story. But it's not just his story anymore. It's your story. It's our story. And if you can approach your life like that, I think it changes. I know it changed for me. When I realized as a 20-year-old college sophomore that God actually wanted me to be a part of his story. The history of salvation. That's, I think, when things changed for me. And they've continued to change for me as I've appreciated more the mystery. There's always more. You've heard me say that. It's something I've really uh, taken to heart from Encounter Ministries here in Michigan. There's always more, dear brothers and sisters. And when you realize that, your faith is not boring. You're, you know, you may think the homily stinks or the music. You know, the music's awesome. <laughs> <laughs> the priest could be a bum, whatever. But your faith doesn't depend on me or the deacon or the music. Christ has called you as an individual to know him and to fall in love with him and to follow him, to do the works that he did. Because now you've received the same anointing that Jesus himself received in the Jordan when the heavens were opened and the Spirit descended upon him like a dove. So his humanity needed to be anointed, in a sense, from on high. And so ours has been. So we are all anointed ones, Christians, in the anointed one par excellence. So we walk in Christ. And another word that came out a lot today was glory. Glory. Paul is all about the glory. Listen to this. Brothers and sisters, you have heard of the stewardship of God's grace that was given to me for your benefit. Namely, that the mystery was made known to me by revelation... It was not made known to people in other generations as it has now been revealed to his holy apostles and prophets by the Spirit. But we're, on, we're now included in that. Paul is inferring that we're now all a part of this new revelation. That the Gentiles are co-heirs, members of the same body, and co-partners collaborators, you could say, in the promise in Christ Jesus through the gospel. You are co-partners in the promise. And what is the promise? It's the Holy Spirit. We talked about that last weekend a little bit. 
the promise. We've all received the promise, the first installment of our inheritance. So we've already been anointed. We've already received the glory, at least a little part of it. We don't yet possess it in full, but we will. Nevertheless, we have already received the promise and we share in the glory already. We are, our citizenship is in heaven. Amen. Our citizenship is in heaven. And the more you claim that citizenship, you know, you go to customs. What country do you belong to? I'm a citizen of heaven, brother. <laughs> you might look at you, try that the next time you go to customs. <laughs> the officer will look at you and like, what are you talking about? My citizenship is in heaven and I have a right. I have a right to all that which the sons and daughters of God are entitled to. You are entitled to a lot. You're also entitled to the cross. That's true. But you're also entitled to the glory and the power and the friendship, the intimacy. So may we all be drawn to the Lord today by that light of Christ, the star that has risen, that is alive. Christ is alive in each and every one of us. And he wants to have his light shine in you and with you and through you so that as we go out into the world, people will be drawn to us because of the way we look at them, because of the way we speak, because of the way we act. So we won't even have to preach per se. But by the way we love one another, even our enemies, people will be drawn to us and, and through us then to Christ, who is our life. Amen.